This week we're attending family therapy as we discuss 2011's Your Next with flesh squelching aplenty, one of the best final girls and some of the worst mercenaries. There really is something for everybody at this table. Welcome to Slash Her, a delusional look into the art of horror and all things spooky, kooky, and terrifying. I'm Adrian. And I'm Stormy. And this week we're going to be discussing the 2011 film, You're Next, which I'm very excited about. My paranoia is quaking. Is it? It really is. Hmm. This movie doesn't give me any type of, uh, it doesn't like terrify me because I just enjoy it so thoroughly. But that's interesting to hear. <laughs> we'll get into it yeah we'll get into it but this is gonna be so much fun we of course are recording this on the week of thanksgiving this episode's not coming out on thanksgiving but first off don't care about the holiday but this film still gives us like thanksgiving vibes it's like the whole coming together of a family thing so we thought it'd be perfect to discuss this and end november with this movie yeah we all know the holiday stress of just being around your family in general and that's literally the first, what, I don't know, the 30 whole thing, minutes. Really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like the first couple minutes is very traditional. The, the dinner gives me full horror movie vibes. Or not horror movie vibes, obviously, but full Thanksgiving vibes. Yeah, it feels like I said something fucked up and my family's mad at me. So honestly, I'm really, is this name Crispin? Ugh, tell me about it. That's literally me because I'm not, not like in the end when we find everything out, but he's me because like he's being bullied by his older brother and he's literally just like, I mean, I am still fat, but he was like, my face is just fat. Leave me alone. <laughs> uh, Crispin is relatable. Yes. But insufferable at the same time. Ugh. Honestly, with a name like Crispin, what else did we expect? Expect, yeah. He sounds rich. <laughs> he thought he was going to be, so. <laughs> uh, but yes, Your Next is a 2011 film that turns the final girl trope on its head. When the Davison family gathers for a reunion of sorts, a group of mercenary-like killers decides to crash the party. Little do they know that amongst the family is Aaron, a survivalist that's not going to back down without a fight. Uh, so the film, of course, saw a slow yet steady rise to the acclaim of horror fans after making its debut at the Toronto International Film Festival back in 2011. Um, from there, the film would start to kind of see more widespread recognition before coming to like a full release in around August and September of 2013. Now, of course, the film itself was directed by Adam Wingard, who also has directed 2012's VHS and 2016's Blair Witch, and sees a strong cast of actors and actresses that shine in their respective roles. So Sharni Vinson is Aaron, Nicholas Tucci is Felix, Wendy Glenn is Z, 
AJ Bowen is Crispin, Joe Swangberg is Drake, and the legendary horror icon Barbara Crampton appears as Aubrey, the mom. So insane. This movie is just a joy to me. I really do like this movie. Um, It's probably one of my most watched ones next to, I don't know, my normal ones like Saw and Scream and stuff like that. But for it being, yeah. For it being what it is, I've watched it a fuck ton. It's so good. Um, but we'll get into it. We'll definitely get into it. Let's go ahead and kind of run through This Week in Horror before we get into the main course. So This Week in Horror. So the Hulu original run starring Sarah Paulson has quickly become the most watched Hulu film of all time in its opening week. So the film sees Sarah Paulson as a caring mother who cares for her homeschooled daughter, who is played by Kiara Allen. Kiara's character soon starts to notice that her mother's care might be coming from a dark place, I guess you can say. So this film has received a lot of acclaim, not only from critics, but from fans of horror as well. I have yet to see it, but I did see the trailer of it, and it looks very interesting. Um, I'm always down for anything with Sarah Paulson. Um, I love her in every scene that I've ever seen of American Horror Story. But um, I don't know. Have you seen the meme of her crying that's going around the internet? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So what was it? It was, was it last Sunday? Maybe it was last Sunday. I started watching American Horror Story Cult because I've never seen it because the whole, I knew it was about the election. So I was honestly too traumatized to watch it. But I decided, of course, because we're now looking at somewhat of a brighter future, I decided to kind of give it a whirl. And I watched the first episode and the amount of crying and screaming that she does in that first episode is insane. And I immediately just thought about that fucking meme. So I tweeted it. I was like, the bitch, what do they call it? Screaming bitch from American Horror Story. And it's like her picture. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So, yes, it's fantastic. I love that meme. So is this, I don't know if you know really anything about this release. But is it, like, from the Munchausen syndrome by proxy? Is it the one where, like, the parent... It's a mental disorder where the parent, like, exaggerates the kids. Like Gypsy Rose? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not quite sure. I don't know if it dives into that just yet, because I haven't seen it fully. Right. But it does... It gives that vibe. Um, it's kind of like with Ma as well, the movie Ma. It has that situation in it also. So that might be it. But I don't know. I'm not sure. It looks interesting. The trailer looks fantastic. Sarah Paulson truly nails everything that she's in, to be honest. She really is a fantastic actress. So I don't, I don't know what's keeping me. I probably should watch that, honestly, sometime soon because it looks fantastic. Um, I'm down for it. Like I said, anything, I stand Sarah Paulson. So She's queen. Have you seen American Horror Story Cult? No, I haven't seen Cult. Oh, you haven't? Mm-hmm. Um, the first episode was actually kind of entertaining. I don't know if I'm going to like where it's going, but it seems interesting so far. I haven't watched a full season of American Horror Story since what's after Coven? Freak Show. Okay. So I watched like maybe four episodes of Freak Show. Damn. See, for me, I've only seen, I've seen the first couple episodes of the first season. I've watched... The second season. I've watched the majority of the third season. I haven't finished it for some reason. I And I was enjoying it. I just haven't finished it. Haven't seen anything of Freak Show. I watched Hotel. 
Um, I watched Roanoke. Never watched Cult. And that's pretty much where I stopped, I think, after Hotel. I, or after Roanoke. I never, which was, si- episode, uh, which was season six, which was so long ago already. But that was the last season that I actually, like, watched. I haven't seen anything since. I don't know. The Freak Show... Uh, Evan Peters, yeah. So he comes out with the fucking claw hand and starts like fucking people with it. And I was like, I'm out. Oh. <laughs> I can't. Oh. <laughs> you say I'm out and I say, please come in. Oh, love that. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Maybe if I like thought about it. But anyways, in the TV show, I was out. Like, that's where I started checking out. Uh, I don't know, dude. It. And the fact, I don't know, I had, I've had a whole crisis earlier today. Well, not crisis, I guess, but like it, I was just thinking about how somebody had, one of our reviews, I believe, on Apple talks about us being raunchy. And I just, <laughs> and I think about it consistently. And I'm like, I wouldn't say it's raunchy, but then I say stuff like, you know, Evan, like Evan Peters, please fuck me with your wooden claw or whatever the fuck. And then we have no choice but to be raunchy, I guess. Yeah. I feel like raunchy is not a bad word. Like we've oh, been taught all. that it's a bad word, but... I'm kind of proud that somebody sees us as raunchy. I don't know. It feels naughty. <laughs> it does. I like it. And that's what I think. I was like, I don't feel like we talk about like raunchy things too often. Because when you think of raunchy, you think maybe like sex or like but just we really do. bad words. Like, we do. <laughs> we do. But I don't know. I just always feel, I think I just think of myself as more pristine than I am maybe. Because I love okay, it. Okay, Miss Pisces. Oh. Drag me, drag me <laughs> in the pod. Uh, but yeah, but I mean, I think really what pushed us over the edge was uh, Courtney Cox pegging David Arquette. Or excuse me, sorry, uh, Gail Weathers pegging Dewey. That really was my peak moment. <laughs> like that's, I, that's where I peaked. Yeah, it doesn't get any better than that. Apparently I peaked whenever I uh, brought up Brother Ghoulish, so. Uh, it's both been a, recent. <laughs> always a stance. Speaking of, we need to just have like a whole like shout out moment on our podcast maybe because I was um, binge watching Bobby Torres's videos this week and I just love him. He's fantastic. He makes me laugh in every single... I've um, watched the video where he was discussing the Babadook and I have yet to see the Babadook. I know I probably should watch it, but just the way that he talks about the little, like the little boy in that movie made me just scream it was hilarious if i had a child like that one i would straight up drop him off at the fire station apparently everybody feels that way and i don't i feel like that way i just i he looks annoying to me and when there's an annoying kid in the movie i can't stand it so that's really truly the reason i haven't bothered to watch it because i hear nothing good about the him in that pretty movie. much all the memes are like from him screaming there's like a scene where he's screaming in the back seat and they're already in the car like i literally would drive to the nearest fire station be like get the fuck out <laughs> just give him up for adoption right there i feel like the i can't remember what the like clause is where you can like leave a baby the safe haven clause or something like that Oh, okay. <laughs> but I feel like that's, I think it's up after like six months and he's a good, probably nine years old. <laughs> yeah. So you'd be an awful person, <laughs> but you know what, you know, I don't know. I don't, maybe I should watch it cause it's still slow burn horror and I love slow burn horror. It's fantastic. I love the dread and the terror, but it's that ridiculous. kids kept me away. Okay, I got to watch it. I got to watch it. But yeah, shout out to Bobby Torres on YouTube. Please follow him, subscribe, share his videos, like the videos, do all that because he's hilarious. Um, but yes, uh, Sarah Paulson's run on Hulu. Uh, watch it. It's apparently a fantastic movie. Um, yes, we'll next see. Bit, uh, <laughs>
Um, next bit of news. So the latest Final Destination film is still underway, according to franchise creator Jeffrey Reddick. He stated on Twitter that the film was in development when COVID hit and, you know, shit went, uh, well, shit hit the fan, I guess is a way to say it. But he did, of course, say that business should resume sometime soon. The film is said to, of course, still be canon. It's going to be taking place in the same universe from all the other existing films. So I'm fucking ready. The series producer as well back in March, Craig Perry, he had discussed with Bloody Disgusting that the film actually might even be about EMTs and first responders just because they're going to be. Oh, shit. Fuck yeah. me up. Yeah, because they see death on a daily basis. And sometimes their decisions kind of come into play you know so i think yeah. that's a fantastic idea very topical eerie eerily topical mm-hmm. uh but i'm ready for it have you ever heard of a soul train this has nothing to do with final destination but it does have to do with first responders no what is that so a soul train like where we grew up there's obviously trains like coming through the town and stuff so a soul train is like a train that keeps an ambulance from responding to an emergency where the person dies so the idea behind it is that like it was that person's time to die and the EMTs would have saved them. And so the soul train comes through and stops the EMS from getting there. Wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) Does it not make sense? Are we not like, what do you mean? So the, the train comes through and stops the ambulances from getting there. So it was like their time to go. Yeah. Like it's not like real. It's not like BNSF is fucking telling people, like, we gotta (laughs) kill this person. That's why I was like, wait, is it a conspiracy theory that they're strategically killing people in this way? (laughs) Or it's like a fate thing? Like, it was meant to happen. It's a fate thing. It's called called a soul (laughs) chain. My mind, I think it's just you, Stormy. My mind went to conspiracy theory. Oh, Stormy talks about some wild shit. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, a conspiracy theory. So I was listening in the vein of conspiracy theory. But okay. I like that better. I like that better. Yeah. I don't know why. That's always been super interesting to me, especially when I worked as a dispatcher. So I didn't know that was a thing. That's crazy. And it's kind of sad to think about like something like that happening to mm-hmm. people. And the tr- I mean, they really can't do anything about it. The train's no. just going to be doing what it's got to do, girl. That long black train. <laughs> Some Josh Turner. Mm, oh, not oh. Josh Turner on my <laughs> podcast. <laughs> oh, it's our podcast. So, yes, Josh Turner, he's welcome. I quite honestly <laughs> love... my podcast. <laughs> but I actually quite truly love Josh Turner. Um, I like his voice. But oh, he he yes. played in Clovis, and he's literally shorter than I am, and I can't get I can't vibe with that. Is he really? He's a tiny little boy. Uh, I a whole lot honestly, of voice packed in a tiny little body. His music is fantastic. He, Brooks and Dunn, Shania Twain, and Shania Twain's a queen. It's because she's from Canada. Period. Uh, and there's another artist. Are like the only artists that I listen to that are country. Oh, the Dixie Chicks are as well. But then maybe Garth Brooks? Probably we stand Garth the Dixie Chicks because they made a burn song about George Bush. <laughs> they sure did. And the song about gaslighting as well. They're like mm-hmm. fantastic. I don't know why they don't have as much traction. So they they recently dropped the the off of their name. They're just called Dixie Chicks. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know why for some reason. Girl. My mom brought it up. <laughs> and she's like, did you know? And I was like, I mean, good to know, Karen. I love I it. Mean, <laughs> good for them. Good for the Dixie Chicks. 
Uh, but Final Destination. So, <laughs> I don't know how we got there. Sorry. Because you mentioned a country singer and we went off to the whole fucking tangent. We'll I make another Reba. podcast one day. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to do like a pop culture podcast at some point. Because to be honest, need to talk about all that. Um, right. But yes, Final Destination. So I, I just really hope with this new film that it feels interesting because i mean you don't really know what else you can do i mean i guess there's so many creative ways to kill people by death's hand but i just feel like we also have seen so much of it already so i just want to make sure i'm still intrigued because the fifth film was actually quite fantastic i thought we were going to be done with the final destination but here we are and i i'm not like shitting on them i love final destination films Number three is my favorite, and I'm so excited to talk about it next year. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I think about those deaths literally weekly. Like, every time I'm in a Lowe's hardware, Home Depot. (laughs) The third one, the third one, yeah, the third one is it's superior. It's the best Final Destination movie. It it just is. It truly is. Uh, What would be the next best? The Mm. first, maybe? Yeah. Maybe the fifth. I really, really do enjoy the fifth one. And I love the connection back to the first movie. Like, it's truly, like, fantastic. What is your favorite Final Destination kill? In the entire series? Uh, yeah. Okay, it, okay. My mind went to something, like, immediately, but it's not my favorite. But I think about the death, and she doesn't even die, but I think about the scene in the car wash. I think in the fourth one. Where her head's like outside of the sunroof because she's stupid, like an idiot, trying to get out of the fucking car when she's in the car wash. But I guess the car was filling up with water, so she had no choice. But when she was getting out of the sunroof and then it like locked her in and then like it started going forward towards like the whipping, I don't know, what are those things called? Cleaner things? Yeah, those like little wheels. I remember seeing that in the trailer when the movie was gonna drop and I was so obsessed with it. And I went and I was like, um, what me and my sister used to do is we used to take our, um, our like our home recorder, like a handheld camera, mm-hmm. and we would record horror movies with our toys and her dolls. And so when I saw that trailer, I was like, I have to recreate that. So I had went and I got my sister had like a Barbie bus or something, and I was like, I remember just like taking a Barbie's head and like sticking it bit, uh, like up out of the sunroof and like recording it on a camera. I wonder if those videos still exist. I think they do, but I remember the camera being pointed like to my like underneath my bed, and I was driving up the fucking the van with this doll's head outside of it. And I was acting it out, screaming like, oh my God, oh my God. And I remember just like fucking running this car underneath my bed to where the doll's head got fucking smashed by my bed frame (laughs) as it went underneath. And it was fucking hilarious. I need to find those tapes, but that's the first death. Oh, that's the first death that I think of immediately. You're a psychopath, but I love it. I really am. I I really am. Um, I don't know. Do you have an immediate favorite? Yeah. It's Aaron's death in Final Destination 3. She gets all the nails to the back of her head with the nail, the nail gun. Yeah. Yeah. That one's fantastic. I stand. But also a lot of the mentions that you see on social media for any final destination is the girls in the tanning booth. I was about to say maybe the tanning beds, but I think it's just cause that, I don't know. That's a great scene at the music. is fantastic. Yeah, the music's a fucking vibe in the background. It's fucking amazing. And I think people irrationally, or understandably so, I guess, have like a huge fear of tanning beds. Um, 
it, they're just terrifying when you think about them. I remember my mom used to go tanning when I was a kid and I was always, even before this movie came out and I was always like terrified of just the thought of being cl- that close in that enclosed space with that fucking, just with how hot it is. It just seems terrifying, but I don't think that's my favorite. I still think about like the whole logging truck. Like anytime <gasps> I'm driving, uh. especially up here in Michigan, I see it a lot. And like, you just know that like other people are thinking about it too because nobody is behind those trucks. You're right. I think about that all the time. Damn, I don't know. I mean, would that like count? Like the whole, I don't know. I guess opening scene would be different from favorite yeah. death. Um, okay, so let me try to figure out what my favorite death is. Hold on, let me zen. <laughs> I have no idea. That's so hard. I'm going through all of them right now in my head, each movie. Uh, the second movie has. Yeah, I'm not quite sure. I think I would have to probably say then maybe the tanning beds might be my favorite. But one that I always, always think about is in the second one when um, I think her name's Kat, the girl who's always smoking a cigarette, like the businesswoman. Um, First off, she was like one of my favorite characters in that movie just because she's very, I don't know, she's just she says what she's thinking. And I love that in any type of character. But she is when after they get in the accident, she's stuck in her car because her um her legs like lodged in because of like the big pipes that went into the mm-hmm. car. So when she's sitting there and she's smoking her cigarette, of course, and the guy's trying to get her out and like he hits the car just in the right spot to where her airbag deploys and it fucking smashes her face like right. And she of course gets impaled by one of the pipes that was like right next to her head. I think about that constantly. So maybe that one could be my favorite because I think about that one the most. I honestly, yeah, like worst fucking nightmare, bro. Just to be thinking that, like, yeah, you were just in a terrible accident and, like, but you're okay and you made it. And then <laughs> just get your fucking and face And then something blown happens. In. But, yeah, I think about that one all the time. I think it's because she was my favorite character and that really impacted me. But, yeah, I don't know. What would be your favorite opening scene? Ooh. Out of all five? I don't think I have a favorite opening scene. Mm. I think, I mean, those are the best parts of them. The, the worst one is the NASCAR opening. That's truly awful. Um, so that's bottom of the barrel to me. That's the fourth movie. Um, I don't know. Cause the bridge one in the fifth one is like so crazy and I love it, but I don't know. I feel like the plane's great, but I just feel like the second one is it. That's, I think the best opening, like out of all of them is just the road and just like the effects and the car crashes even like it just, there was so much effort that was put into that scene. It just, it's the most terrifying and the most vivid as well because if you think of all the other ones they also still feel like very like cgi yeah like it feels especially in the fourth one god that nascar opening is awful (laughs) everything is so cgi in that in that opening it's awful the third one is fantastic but i mean you can tell it's green screen the entire time and the fifth one is also amazing but it's also you can tell like it's green screened and the first one's great but it cuts away really quickly but it's also pretty visceral but i think the second one's the best opening i'll let you have that one (laughs) Uh, but yes, I'm very excited to see the sixth uh, Final Destination film. I hope it's fantastic. I hope it just kind of follows with what the fifth one has already done. Fingers crossed. Either way, we still stand. Period. But um, that was This Week in Horror. So we are pretty much just going to just jump into our main course and start discussing your next. 
Hey, everybody. So if you're enjoying the podcast so far, definitely look into giving us a rating. It would be really, really beneficial. We're open to ideas and feedback. It really goes a long way. So go ahead and look into giving us a rating. Again, we're on Apple, Spotify, Podbean, and many more places. But for now, let's go ahead and get back to the show. Alrighty, well, we are back, and we, of course, again, are just getting into the holiday spirit, <laughs> discussing, quite honestly, one of the most insane, like, family reunion-type situations in a horror movie I've ever seen. I don't know if it happens too frequently in horror, to be honest. I can't think of anything else, really. But my God, this movie is a ride. Um, Like I said, I don't know if we were talking about it on an actual episode, but I know I've talked to you about it. I have an issue with mascots and like masks, like anything that kind of like looks like an animal. I'm not, I don't vibe with that. They scare me. I'm whoa, not whoa, okay. Whoa. <laughs> and so like, I don't know why these people's masks, I'm uncomfortable. Their eyes are soulless. I just, I'm not here to vibe <laughs> with it. And the fact that they're here to fucking, stab me in the neck with the crossbow like that's just enough honestly the true horror is being trapped with the family in the middle of <laughs> nowhere <laughs> but that's the real horror of the movie yeah but yeah i don't i don't vibe with that <laughs> i think well maybe the animal design like you said is like your thing to me it's like the simplicity of them i guess kind of like with michael myers's mask where it's just like a plain mm-hmm. white mask and you know the horror in there not being much character to it, like it's com- like it's lifeless in a way. So maybe that's what. Maybe it's just like the plain, like pale whiteness of the masks. Maybe <laughs> really, I don't know. I, really ha- I hate the I hate the eye holes though because they're so like it's like a slit, and I don't understand like how they can like <laughs> visually have like good like good vision when they're wearing those masks because the. Sl- I need a blooper reel of them like tripping over shit in the woods. <laughs> Well, they surely got their asses handed to them. So it was obviously coming into play right. in some way because I don't know. I don't know what the fuck they were thinking. But I mean, my goodness. I mean, overall, do we enjoy this film? I love this movie. Yeah, it's honestly the best. It's when I discovered it. I remember I had first heard about it because it's crazy with its release because it was, of course, first shown in 2011. And it was like the talk of the town for years. And it had even been released overseas, I believe, before we even like really had like a wide release here in the States. So I remember even like listening to podcasts and like hearing the name Your Next dropped like just like over time for like maybe like a year or two. I would just hear it like people would get access to it and get, you know, be able to see it for a couple years and I was like this movie sounds fantastic and I remember when it finally became available for purchase here and I had the chance of getting it I was like I have to get this because this is people have been talking like about how fantastic this movie is and when I watched it I I thought when they were talking about it that it was just going to be intense bloody gory just from the pictures I had like went and researched when I was hearing about it the first time and the masks were terrifying and I was like oh this is going to be like terrifying and scary and but when I, you watch it it's fucking badass like it's just fucking cool and it just feels more of like it feels more action than horror i mean it's obviously a horror movie but just with how badass aaron is it feels like you're just watching her kick people's ass it feels like a cool video game i guess if anything yeah um 
my problem with this movie, like right off the bat, and this is usually like your qualm, so I'm interested to see if you feel the same way, but I just don't give a fuck about this family. <laughs> I don't care about any of them. They don't give us any reason to care. They literally just like stuff them all in one house and then we're just like... Crispin gets bullied for a minute and we're supposed to feel bad and then that's it. Like we see that Drake is a dick and then he gets an arrow straight to the shoulder. And I just don't care about this family at all. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the thing. It's because I in rewatching the film, because I've seen it so many times and going into a movie and watching it before doing the podcast makes me like see things very differently because I'm looking... I hate to say it, but with a critical eye, like I'm looking for things, to be honest. And I've never had an issue with the family. They've always been okay to me. But going into it legitimately, going into this rewatch, um, it felt like that. Like you, like the way, like it just felt, I was like, you know what, really? And I think that's the whole point of their characters. But watching it this time around, I was like, it really is so funny how they, just with this movie all together, were just trying to kind of flip the horror tropes on their head. Like they did what Scream had done years prior, but doing, but they did it in a completely different way. Cause with Scream, it was like self-commentary. Like they were commenting on the tropes of horror films. And with this movie, it feels like they actively, especially obviously with Aaron's character, they just subdue all of the tropes and just what we expect to happen. But the family is full blown idiotic. They're so stupid. They're like typical character, you know, character. I can't even say that word caricatures. Is that how you say it? Character? Character? I can't say it now. Now that you just tried to get me to say it. Caricatures. Caricatures. Yeah, but they're... (laughs) (laughs) But they're just basic fucking people. And they take steps that you expect people to take in horror movies. They're like, let's run outside or let's split up or let's, you know, they just do stupid stuff and they just don't... They're just so oblivious and useless to Aaron, who's like making smart choices and like she completely just makes you realize how stupid people are in horror movies sometimes because she's doing everything strategically. Obviously it comes with her background, but she's doing it in a way that makes you realize how fucking stupid these people in horror movies really are. Cause the family, it just feels like a regular horror movie. If we're watching anything else, those would be the characters and it would probably be like the daughter who just happens to luckily kill the people in the end by just doing something, you know, by sheer luck. And it just, it makes you really <laughs> home alone. <laughs> <laughs> like just random, like she just kills them out of nowhere. But I love that this movie really does make you realize that. Because, yes, that family is, they're cardboard. They're so boring. Like, they're white bread Mm -hmm. as people. Well, and the mom, like, I love her. She's iconic, like you were saying in our intro. But, like, we're just thrown into her paranoia. (laughs) And, I mean, honestly, girl, same. Like, I feel you. But, like, I don't know why she's like this. I don't know we don't know anything and that's what like usually in movies like we're given a reason to care about the people before somebody stabbed but no they brought out dessert before the entrees were finished literally they're like okay so somebody had one doubled egg now let's bring out the whole pumpkin pie like (laughs) we really got ahead of ourselves here and that's my main issue with this movie but i still fucking love it i don't know yeah, the thing is, I mean, I think we're spoiled, I think, when it comes to, <laughs> no, like, it's true, because, I mean, I mean, our namesake is Slash Her. I love fucking Slash movies, like, they're everything to me, but the characters are very bare bones, and that's just, like, one of the tropes of Slasher movies, obviously, that the characters are just 
they're, they're nothing characters. We know nothing about them, but, um, but we have been spoiled, especially recently with like the last couple of years where, I mean, Jordan Peele, Ari Aster, Mike Flanagan, like we have these directors who give us like long drawn out character arcs, even sometimes within the span of two hours, like they give us so much, like they feed us consistently. Like we are well fed these days. So when you see movies like this, even from just like 10 years ago, that gets a completely different environment, a completely different ball game. But I mean, obviously the whole point of the movie is Aaron being a badass. That's really what it is. We eating good. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're feeding us over here, man. I really just want to say I forgot about the sex scene, like right off the bat. <laughs> I was just so confused. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> like, when you think back on this movie, you think about the family. You don't really, like, literally the neighbors are, like, an afterthought. And so I, like, saw that and was like, am I watching? <laughs> did I think about... I literally, like, clicked on the movie and was just like, did I think... what? Whenever I brought this up to talk about, was I thinking about a different movie? <laughs> and I was just like, what the fuck? And then, like... I saw the blood splatter, like, I don't know, two minutes later. And I was like, oh, I'm home. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> it feels right again. Yeah. The, and the, I mean, the sex scene is weird because it's like she's so much younger than he is. It, it just makes me uncomfortable. But that's where we get the fucking iconic looking for the magic song for the first time. Obsessed. Like, obsessed with that song. It's insane. This movie made me fall in love with that song. It's, I still listen to it today. Like, it's literally on my, like, daily playlist. So it'll pop up from time to time because I just have been obsessed with it. And it has an eerie quality to it. I love that song so much. I love when movies can do that, though, where they take any, like, song and then, I mean, they don't even have to necessarily put a spin on it. It's just what they put it over and then that's instantly what you think of. And it's creepy. Like, um, a couple of months ago when I was, like, trying to think of what song um, from Kill Bill. And I was sending you all those voice oh, memos yeah. and everything. I was like, I know this. And I know it's creepy. But I don't know why. It's funny how, like, just random, like, little little pieces stick in our brain. Yeah. And you're right about the song thing. Because, I mean, I know... Um Hush, that song Hush from I Know What You Did Last Summer. Think about that constantly. Uh, I got five on it just from us. Oh, my God. Consistently think about yes. that. Uh, Sweet Home Alabama. I think of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I've never seen the Reese Witherspoon movie. So when I hear that song, yeah. I think of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So you, that happens with horror. And like you said, like little things in movies that just trigger your thought of that movie in the real world, I guess. I fucking love that shit. Like, I can't remember what movie it is. I think it's a Jordan Peele where they play the run rabbit. Run rabbit, run rabbit, run, run, run. I'm so sorry. I'm so useless. I don't know. Yeah. But anyways, it's just, I don't but know. stuff like Music that. Music is crazy. And Gremlins. Yeah. I think of in the scene, uh, the, do you hear what I hear or do you see what I see Christmas song? Mm-hmm. They're blaring that song in one of the my favorite scene in Gremlins. So when I hear that song, I think of Gremlins. I love God. I love movies. Oh, it's in um, it's in Get Out. It is. Mm-hmm. It's playing in the opening scene. Okay, I was about to say, is it the opening scene? Okay. Yeah. So, 
Anyways, I just had to get that out. <laughs> but speaking, but speaking of Get Out, Jordan Peele being fantastic, of course. Um, I also think of Red Bone by Childish Gambino because he plays that at the very beginning of that movie. Oh, we love him. Get Out really hits. I'm just thinking about that song right now. I can't wait to talk about it soon. Actually. I, mean, I guess months down the road, but, but we are planning on Get Out, guys. Don't worry. Early 2021. Uh-huh. Uh, but okay, yes, uh, you're next. <laughs> but okay. <laughs> it's so easy to start getting into fucking Jordan Pill talk. Uh, but yes, you're next. So, I mean, kind of overall with this fucking movie. I mean, obviously, is it safe to say that our favorite character is Aaron? The best character? Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. Let's just talk about her. Let's just get the fucking elephant out of the room because she she is the movie. The movie is her and a badass, a complete badass. I genuinely would venture to say that she is top final girl for like the mid 2000s. But yeah, no, definitely. She, I don't know, just her character is so cool and it's so different because I've been reading um, Men, Women, and Chainsaws by Carol Clover. And it's an older book, obviously, but it was released in 1992, even before Scream came out, when Scream kind of deconstructed horror altogether. But the book itself kind of focuses on the final girl trope pretty much. But it kind of views it through the aspect of how horror throughout the 80s and 70s was you know, statistically mostly viewed by like younger straight white men pretty much. And she kind of just analyzes how like the final girl trope and how that plays into how the audience views it. I mean, mostly, you know, those hetero men, but it just, she in that book and I'm not finished with it. I'm very early on in it still, but she of course doesn't describe them specifically as final girls. She calls them victim heroes because a lot of these characters, a lot of these final girls, they, they really don't have, they survive by luck. Like they are able to get out and, you know, they're able to defeat the killer either by luck or by some, you know, somebody saving them at the end. But they were just, you know, formidable enough to be able to escape the killer in a way. And, you know, they, it just, it's completely different from like Aaron's final girl where she from the beginning is completely different. She doesn't win or defeat anybody by sheer luck. She wins because she is, being an actual like a full blown like a heroine of this movie pretty much she's the she hero. was built for this very that like trained she was literally like female hercules and put on an island and trained daily for this like that's legitimately how it's broken down pretty much <laughs> the only thing that she did or i guess did not do that uh I was kind of thinking about like, so when they start shooting the arrows through the windows at the very beginning, you know, you think maybe, you know, strategically, why wouldn't you just try to shut the power off to like the entire house? So they can't see into the windows. So they're not like, so they don't also have a good eye. But then I was also thinking it's a huge house first and foremost. And if they were to shut off the lights, that also gives the killers the advantage also. Cause then that also inhibits your, you know, view. And, right. you know, she and then she also decides to, like, close all the blinds instead, which also helps keep out the view from the outside. Because that was the one thing when I was watching this movie where I was like, well, why not just turn off all the lights or something? But then I think the lights are in the basement and you still have to pass this window to get to anything. Mm-hmm. That was the only thing I was a little bit kind of like, well, why don't you just turn off the lights? But obviously mm-hmm. I immediately kind of just like I was like, well, no, that would be kind of stupid to do that. And like also 
not give them. Also, these people are rich and they have like useless shit just laying around. And I just know I would run into some useless fucking bust (laughs) and knock it off its stand and break my toe. Like it would be something stupid. Like it wouldn't even be the killer that killed me. Like I killed myself on accident. (laughs) (laughs) Just falls down the stairs. I just fell down from the third floor (laughs) to the second floor and just I that's how I ended my run in this movie. Honestly. I'm still at the table eating is the problem. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. Um but yeah, so Erin really is just a badass and just everything that she does is just so cool and tactical and she just uh and just the ending sequence, just when I mean, because obviously with the film spoilers, I mean the family, although yes, they're not the best characters, the movie plot itself still, you know, centers on their turmoil and their characters all hating each other, even though we don't really care about them too much. But that's we're thrown into it with Aaron, and we get to just see Aaron kick ass, and that's the fun part of it. And of course, part of that fucking family turmoil is, I guess, there's enough hate to where fucking two of the kids are willing to murder their siblings and everybody else just to be able to fucking get the inheritance of their parents. Uh, but seeing Aaron fucking come at the end and just kick their asses is just so therapeutic in a way. But the thing is, it's like, you can tell that Felix and Z like from the start, you can tell that they're not here. Like there's some little fishy. You just know right fucking right away. It's his eyes. Especially whenever they bring up, they bring up the cell phone jammer immediately. And Drake, Drake calls him out and he's just like, I know you would be in some shady shit. Like Drake is bleeding out and he's still yelling at his brother. But um yeah, you just I I knew right away that something was that up. he was not there for the family. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's so funny. And even at the point too, when all the shit's going down at the very beginning, like I said, like when the he when Felix stupidly suggests, well, somebody should run out to one of the cars to try to make a phone call or something, because the jammer. And you're just like, it that's like so it's so sus. You're like, why would you just suggest that one of us <laughs> blindly run into the night? Like Felix is the imposter. Yeah. From the beginning, you're like, why would you just suggest that one of us does that? And they're all arguing and we see all that family dynamic. And of course the youngest, the daughter, she decides to do it. And then she immediately gets Such her fucking, a fucking idiot. Uh, and her immediately her neck is fucking sliced by the wire in the door. I honestly was so happy when that happened, though, because she's literally on the ground and she's crying. She's saying, y'all don't give me enough credit. I can do it. I'm the fastest runner. Okay, bitch, go. And then she fucking (laughs) dies instantly. I love that shit. I think it's probably because I'm the oldest sibling. Uh, And like, by the time you're the like, by the time you get to the baby, like all rules are out the door and like you just have to listen to them just cry about everything and so i think she just hit a nerve and i was just like all right bitch go ahead and she surely got it man that fucking death the first time i watched this movie that fucking threw me for a loop like i was so shocked that she died that quickly and so graphic so graphic and so bloody the trauma that the dad went through like he literally opened the door for his daughter to die and he's the way he looked at her before she ran and she'd give him that little head nod and then we got that ridiculous slow motion run it was a very touching moment but the mom immediately the poor mother her trauma she like we we were established uh, you know that she already had something going on she was on her medication from the jump and she sees her daughter completely get murdered in front of her and she breaks down at that point and 
poor thing. I feel bad for her. I mean, the dad got it bad as well because he also saw his wife butchered. Uh, but they really do go through it. They really do go through it, this poor family. Speaking of the dad, like in the like first scene when the arrow comes through the window and they're all freaking out, I always laugh because they zoom in on the dad rolling his ankle. <laughs> <laughs> like, that was not a necessary shot for me to have. <laughs> like, Need me need to teach me that dad's clumsy in his loafers, <laughs> but like I fucking love that shot. You know, I noticed that shot this time watching it also because it really does. It, it cuts to his ankle, <laughs> fucking snapping. Everybody's diving, <laughs> and then it cuts to him. Whoa, falling to the ground because of his ankle getting snapped in half from yeah. gravity, and you're just like. <laughs> Everybody's like Superman diving out of the way and dad just rolls his ankle. <laughs> oh my God. It kills me. Uh, but yeah, they established that dad is going to be useless from the beginning. <laughs> I just <laughs> Drake, as much as I can't fucking stand him, some of his lines, he's literally, like I said, lame. They're bleeding out. <laughs> they're arguing about, but it's before the sister leaves, like to run out. And they're all arguing, and he's like, I'm the fastest, but I've got this fucking arrow in my back. (laughs) Uh, He's the worst, like, as a person, he's the worst. Yeah. But as a character, he's supposed to be, and he's actually very hilarious in this movie. And then Crispin is just like, um, he's like, what what does your shoulder have to do with running? (laughs) And he's like, you wouldn't know, you fat fuck. (laughs) Like, I hate them, but. But they're funny. It's very real. It's very real drama. Like, that's family drama. Like, it feels like. Yeah, we all know exactly what that fight's like. Yeah, exactly. Like, at at a sibling basis, we don't know what it feels like to be yelling at your brother who has an arrow in his back. But we know. (laughs) (laughs) But we know just how traumatic that it can be. But fuck, man, it really. Uh, I don't know. I mean, out of these movies, I guess out of like the deaths, then what would be your favorite death in this movie? Um, hmm. Because I have mine. I don't, I don't want to be, uh, what's it called? Cliche and say the blender. Oh, okay. But like, I feel like the blender. It's pretty badass. Or the, honestly, but like also the mom, because she's just, <laughs> She's going through it, yeah. and then they really just take her. You know, in her head that she was just, she was just saying like, oh, "God, just take me now," and that that guy just said, "Say less." <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, I just can't wait for that day where my my man who's been listening to me say Safe. that I want to end it just just does it for me and fucking Freddy Krueger busts through your closet door <laughs> daddy less. Freddy say less mama oh. honestly if that happened it would be that one TikTok where it's just like I'm trying to fuck you for a die <laughs> okay no, I, was about, I, was say, I was about to ask uh, a really ridiculous oh, question before I die I'm trying to fuck you <laughs> yeah that one I was going to ask a really ridiculous question and I thought, I wonder why people think we're raunchy or explicit. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, I really was. I was like, so if we're like Freddie or Michael Myers or Jason was about to kill you, it's a whole, it really is a whole vibe on the internet. I was like, would you really realistically be like, just fuck me before you murder me? Like, at least do that for me, please, Jason. (laughs) (laughs) At least do that for me. (laughs) If you're going to stab me, at least do it two different ways. (laughs) 
Wrap me up before I die. Oh my god. I hope my mom doesn't listen to us still. <laughs> Hi Karen. Hi Karen. Um so back to Jason's dick. Uh let's Jason. <laughs> Okay, but yes, favorite kills. Uh, I think the mom scene, like you mentioned, though, is uh, fantastic. Like, it looks... I love just the setup of it, because she's in bed, and then the fucking... The killer... I mean, just the hand coming out of the bed, and them coming out from underneath the bed. I mean, as children, we all have the fucking fear that somebody is under our bed. I will go to bed sometimes and still check underneath the bed, like, low-key, because mm-hmm. I'm still like, I think somebody's going to be down there, like legitimately, especially after watching the Poughkeepsie tapes the other day. I'm like, I'm going to be checking out of my bed for the next couple of weeks. Um, but seeing just somebody come out of the bed so nonchalant, uh, so nonchalant with a fucking machete and just slicing <laughs> the mom up. It's insane. I wanted him to cut her head off, though. They should have shown it to us. They should have. All they did was do it right here in the head whenever they show her later on. Whenever Z's like, fuck me de- next to your dead mom. Oh my god, a vibe that was. <laughs> <laughs> was it? That's so disrespectful. I know he signed up to have his mom killed, but I mean, have a tiny bit of respect for the dead. Oh no, she's scum of the earth. I I love a good girl fight in movies. That gives me like serotonin when like these two badass women. I don't know. I love it. I'm just a gay person. So I just love when two women are just fucking kicking ass. So I was so excited to see Aaron like fucking beat the shit out of her. I was like so ready for it because she really is oh, an yeah. awful person. But that is a hilarious part of the film to me. It makes me laugh every single time. She's like, fuck me next to your dead mom. And he's just <laughs> like, what the fuck? Who are you? Like, Who are you as a person to say that? Right. This conversation's over. And she's just pissed. Puts <laughs> her itty bitty titty committees up and they go back to murdering. I cannot deal. Oh my goodness. I just want to. So the scene where the guy like punches through the window and grabs Aaron. I want to. Who. First of all, who can punch through a window like that and not cut their hands? And then. Second of all, like how can you punch. You use all of your force to punch through this window, right? All of it. And then you have the strength to grab this bitch. Like, I don't know. No, I kind of love that you brought this up. Because when we were, um, when I was watching this movie with um, Austin this time around, uh, I don't know where the conversation went, but we were discussing the fucking windows of the house. And I was They're like... They're candy. They're made of candy. This yes. is Hansel and Gretel's house. Yeah, because that's what we were saying, though. I was like, because... I said something about like the windows and how easily they were breaking or just like, it was just ridiculous. And then we kind of started discussing it. And cause then also mentioned how it was like an older home or something. So I was like, Oh, so, so do you really think maybe then that the windows are just like thin, like, or they're just more delicate because if this home was built long time ago or, you know, I don't know, years prior to this, then, you know, maybe the glass wasn't as reinforced or maybe just because of it being an older home. Like, maybe the glass was just more delicate, just in general. Because, I mean, nowadays, yes, like, you know, in every fucking home, in every rental property, they're fucking putting up glass that's barely glass, and that's just fucking so difficult to break. Uh, But, like, actual glass is still pretty delicate. So, like, maybe it's just an older home, and that's why the... I mean, not to go off on this tangent, but you brought it up. But we discussed the fucking windows and just, like, why they were breaking so easily when we watched it. And that's my theory, at least, is they're just... But then how would we explain the scene where they're at the neighbor's house, who who is obviously a new build because it's a very nice house. Yeah, I was about to say, I think it's just... And the- they literally punch her in the forehead and push her through that door. <laughs> <laughs> that 
is insane to me that a punch, a sheer force of a punch <laughs> is enough to blow you through a window. But that's my favorite death. Honestly, if you're going to punch me that hard, that be mm, that should be the thing that kills me. <laughs> if you're going to punch me in a, uh, with enough force that I'm being blown back through a window, then my, you might as well fucking just make sure my skull cracks in half. Like, don't fucking pussyfoot, baby. Just fucking end me. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but good segue, because that's my favorite death in the movie, my favorite scene. The small chase scene that we get, obviously, my basic ass. Uh, like, the small chase scene where um, Drake's wife, I don't remember her name, but when she's running... When, you know, after she sees the dead mother or when, you know, when she's in the room cleaning up after everybody else sees the dead mother and she looks under the bed and the fucking killer's there and she runs out of the house, runs through the woods to the neighbor's house and is banging on that window, gets knocked the fuck through the glass. And her death is the most uncomfortable because you feel bad for her because she's crawling on this glass. It's probably painful. She sees a dead person on this couch uh, and then they come. He punches her again through a fucking <laughs> glass table after she already went through this fucking when she went through the sliding doors and he fucking sits there and he lines up his shot with the axe and she just has nothing to do but stare at this person as he fucking gets ready to hit her fucking skull like a goddamn golf ball and he swings that axe and swings it into the side of her head and she's dead so that's my favorite death scene because it's graphic and it's long and drawn out compared to the other ones so that's uh, chef's kiss i love that scene going back to the mom's death i know i'm always the person that like is so cynical and be like, why would you do that? Like, I know I'm that annoying person, but after you machete somebody in the face, I would be leaving, at least leaving the room at the very least. But he goes back to his original hiding spot. Like, are we in kindergarten? I don't. They, I don't know. These mercenaries are kind of like, they're set up to be very scary. But when Aaron starts like, of course, like kicking the shit out of them, like you realize maybe just how like, like, unprofessional they are yeah like how pathetic they are first off the masks again are awful if you're going into this tactical job where you have to off fucking seven to ten people like we're something like a dinner reservation (laughs) seven to ten people if your evening consists of a reservation of ten murders then you should probably at least fucking wear some type of garb that's going to allow you to have a better visual eye because those fucking slits in that mask aren't going to do nothing for you baby right i feel that Also, side note, just really quick. (laughs) I have closed captions on because I just... Consistently. I'm the same way. Yeah, I just can't. Words don't make sense for me for some reason if captions aren't on. I'm there in life, baby. We're right there in the same (laughs) spot. I need to read. (laughs) But, like, one of the captions multiple times throughout this film was flesh squelching. And I've never hated a closed caption more than that in my whole life. (laughs) I read that and I was like, I'm going to throw up. <laughs> like, and y'all know me. I love torture porn. I love nasty shit. Like, fuck me up. <laughs> you love it. You love flesh quelching. <laughs> so- but reading those words together beside each other, that was like saying like moist uh, vagina. I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> just, I don't. Why? Why, why squelching? What? Who says that in like human language? I don't think I've ever said the word squelching. I don't either. I, when I think of moment, squelching, I think of whenever you go to a water park and you're wearing socks and shoes and you're like walking, it's all squelch. Very squelch. Very yeah. squelch. Yeah, very that. That's very squelch. <laughs> we, should, <laughs> we should make that a slang. You're so squelch. 
<laughs> oh god insert mean girls quote here squelch is gonna happen it's gonna be an insult you're squelch <laughs> when you say squelch i think of um what is soil <laughs> what do you mean like dirt mulch mulch oh. i think of mulch <laughs> i got you uh, fuck. Mulch That's is ridiculous. pretty moist. <laughs> it is. It's pretty squelchy when you walk on it. Ooh. Ooh, God. I feel intelligent. I feel intelligent. <laughs> Words mean things, and I feel intelligent. <laughs> <laughs> Words mean things. That's what I'm going to put the caption as this, <laughs> this episode. Words mean things. Uh, uh, oh, my God. I cannot deal. Um, but yes. So. I know that you love your sister, <laughs> uh-huh. but say you were in a different spot with her. Would you be able to stab your own sister that many times? Um, no. And I don't understand how he does it, but there's some, I mean, I guess, like you said, I guess if it was a completely different relationship, no. Cause even the, like the most annoying person I can think of, I don't think I would want to do that to them i mean like i personally know if you think of like you know somebody villainous or something like yes maybe but personally like if it was somebody in my life even if it's the most annoying person i know i don't think i could do that yeah it's weird to even to felix even says it he's just like why won't you die like this is killing me please just die and i'm just like well maybe try not murdering your whole family and you won't have to deal with this felix <laughs> He's an awful person. God, that blend, it makes his, that blender death even better. Oh, so satisfying. Also, why is it orangish brown? Very strange part. I think I, I thought it was always oh, chunks of his hair. Oh, I mean, I guess. I don't know. Because brains are gray. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just always assumed that it was like chunks of like the scalp flying oh. with like hair pieces on it. But I mean, I, I didn't have a good enough eyes view to see what was flying out of his head there's like there's gloopy stuff that comes down yeah (laughs) from his head (laughs) that's like a weird color and i just i don't understand that color but whatever yeah well (laughs) i don't want to google uh what brains look like in a blender because i feel like that might put my fbi agent on a high alert but (laughs) you're getting you're, you're they're casing your home immediately Good luck finding me. Uh, I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but that's another thing with the movie, too. I mean, they reveal, I guess, pretty early on in the movie also. I I don't know, like right in the middle. Like they reveal the twist that Z, which wasn't really even a twist, that Z and Felix are there to kill. So I don't know. The (laughs) (laughs) The first time that I watched this movie, and I was... Of course, arguably, or not arguably, I was much younger. So when I first watched it, you know, I was kind of like, oh, that's kind of stupid. I hate it. But obviously, as I've grown with age and my taste has been refined, I think it's fantastic that they kind of reveal it pretty early on in the movie. Because then it just makes it more satisfying when Aaron shows them that she's a badass. Because we know that they're fucking psychopaths. Uh, Pretty early on, it's just very obvious. But like the first scene where the first person breaks into the room... Uh, and like the dining room and like tries to kill Aaron and she kills him in like two seconds, fucking k- kicks him in the balls and knocks him in the back of the knee. Oh, where she basses his brains in with a meat cleaver, not a meat cleaver, a meat tenderizer. <laughs> yeah, dude, like it's insane. And it's so quick. And like Z and Felix are like, uh, 
we Houston, we have a problem. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what the fuck is like? What is this shit? Because she does it so quick, so concise, so fast, like so impressive. And then she picks him up like nothing and fucking rips off his mask. And she's like, "Do you know this person? Like, do you know this piece of shit?" And they're like, "Uh, no." And then in that moment, they're just they're pretty fucking scared, and as they should be, because that. I just love it. I fucking love it. The scene where they're making the nail boards and Z like uh, draws back to like <laughs> smack Aaron in the head. So stupid. The thing is, is like, just do it. Like, even if she turned, yes. even if Aaron turned and like saw you, like you have a board with nails on it, like swing. Like, what do you mean? If you're going to be a bad person, then be a bad person. Don't be a fucking pussy. If you're going to want to fuck next to somebody's dead mother, then fucking drive some nails into this woman's head. What are you thinking? You're there to kill them. Like, this is your goal is to kill them. Right. Oh, no, actually, I I suppose, I guess, part of the whole ordeal, Crispin probably didn't want Aaron to die because he's gone the entire time because he's also part of it, Crispin. And, like, he's gone the entire time. Like, he leaves early on, and we just assume that he's dead, I guess, is what they want you to think. But I'm pretty sure probably, like, part of it was that not not to kill Aaron. But then it also, like, defeats the purpose of these people then trying to kill her earlier on in the movie. But I think the funny part of it is that fucking Z and Felix and these fucking mercenaries, like, they see that she's a problem and they try to kill her anyways. So I think Z probably didn't kill her because Crispin probably said not to. But oh, yeah, because they said that because in the end scene, Crispin's explaining that they need some type of witness witness to, I, I guess, pretty much back them up that they didn't kill their whole family, that they were involved in it. Mm-hmm. That was the whole point of her staying alive. So, oh, my God, that scene where he's just like talking about how he's going to pay off her student loans and whatever. And then she fucking stabs him, and he's like, why? And she's like, why the fuck not? I was like, yeah. (laughs) I lost my shit. I'm like, yes. Yes, girl. Fucking, ooh. She didn't even hesitate. Like, at that point, she, what's love got to do with it, baby? You are fucking, like, she does not care. An evil, nasty person. Mm -hmm. Two seconds. I love her. I expected... I didn't expect her to apologize, but, like, if you think about it, like, this is a man that she is probably in love with to some extent, like in love with him enough to, I don't know, fight for his family. his family. Yeah, (laughs) pretty much. And then she just, without hesitation, like I I didn't think she would say anything, but the fact that she's like, why the fuck not? It's like, hell yeah. (laughs) It's so badass, dude. (laughs) I love it. I love her. She's so fucking badass. And out of like the body count in the movie, I think it's 15. There's 15 deaths altogether. Yeah. And she's the only one on screen that we don't see die. But I got so pissed off when the cop came in and shot her, though. Yeah. I mean, he's quote unquote doing his job. He saw her stab somebody in this. What's the context? What is the word? Uh, what is it saying? Guilty and pre- or innocent until proven guilty. Guilty by association. <laughs> right. Just kidding. Because he doesn't know the whole story. But I mean, in a sea of dead people, <laughs> you yeah. see somebody stab another person. Yes, I guess. But, I mean, he dies anyways because of her badass axe trap that she had set up anyways. So. Right. Right. She's so fucking cool. I just want to be her. Like, just... Because I know I would be... I don't know. The fucking... I'd probably be the mom. I'd be in my bed crying until just, like, I'm waiting for somebody to just come and end me. That's, that would truly be me in this situation, I feel like. Honestly, I'm probably the boyfriend, the first kill. 
because one, I would want to be away from the argument. Like I'm uncomfortable, so I'm leaving. And two, I'm nosy. Like curiosity killed the cat. So that's probably me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't know. I think I would feel more, I guess I feel more like the dad for some reason, like the rolling the ankle and like the searching with a knife for the house, like or through the house trying to protect everybody because you think you're protecting everybody, but you're really so useless. And then like finding out that there's a twist and they've been in this house already and then dying after finding out the twist. That's like me. <laughs> that's very me i feel like no i'm i'm definitely tyreek uh, but i don't know this movie is ridiculous and just amazing the one thing i did notice uh this entire time and i had to research it because when i was watching it this time the fucking camera like the camera movements the scene like when the arrows are flying through the windows and they're all like huddled all over the ground the camera is legitimately like fucking shaking like going so fucking fast and i was like damn this is like disorienting and it like makes you feel panicked kind of mm-hmm. so i was like so what was like, what what was happening so i had to go research it and I, most of this movie was shot with like handheld cameras like actual like handheld cameras and it fucking feels like it because it feels almost in some scenes just like with the way the camera moves like a fucking a first person horror film pretty much yeah but it's so much better than the oh, first yes. persons that are out so oh much better uh, what I really love is the fucking basement scene too. Like when fucking Aaron's like running down to the basement, she's fucking breaking the lights and it fucking sets up that camera to flash and just disorient that fucking person and then fucking rail him. I just, everything she does is just epic. I want to be that badass. Like I aspire to be that badass. Me too. I just know I would die so fast. Oh yeah, me too. I would. Literally, if I wasn't Tyreek, I would be the dad where he blew out his ankle. <laughs> but for me, I would, like, actually break it. So Fairy that. I would be the mercy kill. <laughs> <laughs> I would hope to at least have a cool chase scene. That's always my goal is, like, let me be the one to at least, like, put up a fight. If I don't make it, at least let me fucking run around a little bit. Ideally, I would want a chase scene, but I just know just my physique. I'm not built for that, so... I would like run down the basement stairs, break my ankle and kill my, kill my neck, break my neck. (laughs) Oh my God. Ridiculous. That, I don't know. I probably would be very clumsy and that's how I would die. To be honest. I just want to talk about how much this movie grossed worldwide real quick. Like, tell me about it. Stud. Fucking insane. Especially so like worldwide in 2013, whenever it was actually released, it made $26 million. That's insane. And I just, that blows my mind. I don't know why that, like, is hard for me to wrap my mind around. But for them to go from this, like, not underground film festival, but, like, go from a film festival to just a straight-up banger is crazy. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's badass, dude. And, like... Again, like you said, it's like one of those horror movies that you just watch consistently. Like, I watch this so much because it doesn't completely terrify me. The home invasion aspect of it, like you said, like, especially the scene with the fucking, well, like we talked about it, when it comes out from underneath the bed. It's, even though it's, like, terrifying in those ways, like, it to me, it's fun. It's so fucking fun. It's just, you put it on when you want to have, like, you want to laugh as well. Drake really does make you laugh. But, like, you put it on also when you just, like, want to feel good. Yeah. Um, I... Like I said, I've watched it consistently. I watch it a lot. Um, 
but it always kicks up. Like, I know it's not a scary movie, but my paranoia just, like, picks on those little things, bro. And it's just, oh, like, yeah, for the next, like, day or two, I'm like, there's a wolf outside my window. Even though I live on the third <laughs> floor, like, there's a dude in a mask outside my window with the crossbow. And see, and I'm the opposite. Like, I start, like, choreographing, like, fight scenes in my head. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, full-blown, like, wanting to kick ass. I really don't have a whole lot to add. Uh, I just, I love this movie. Honestly, the perfect holiday movie. <laughs> Period. And I don't know why they did just like, just no. I think, I wish they would have just called it, even though it's an awful, stupid holiday, I wish they would have just called it like a Thanksgiving dinner or something. Cause there really is like hardly any Thanksgiving horror. Right. I think it's like their parents' anniversary or some stupid shit yeah, like it's an that. It's their 30th anniversary and they're celebrating uh, by having a family reunion. Just say it's Thanksgiving. <laughs> like In our heads, it's a Thanksgiving movie and that's exactly why we wanted to record it around the same time. Everybody knows the holiday stress. So if you're feeling that right now, like go watch this movie. <laughs> <laughs> we recommend. Just, <laughs> yes, because... It really will just hype you up and make you feel great. But just to add a disclaimer, we don't condone you hiring a bunch of mercenaries to kill your family. So. Oh, yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. Please be decent human beings and don't murder your family in cold blood. But in... Unless there's a reason. True. And be in <laughs> line, in line with being a good person. You could totally go leave us a rating on all of the places that we stream like we've said a million times it really does help us out so if y'all could just like right wait and shush <laughs> scooby doo make another over. account Sorry. make another account <laughs> scooby doo to <laughs> make another account and fucking uh, rate us 20 times i don't know i don't even but call it really if you, i don't even care if you call me raunchy just leave me a review <laughs> <laughs> and that's not negative please call no, me no raunchy. no we I love, love it, it. We stand. We live for being raunchy. I honestly, it makes me feel like I've made it in life. I think about it because it makes me happy. I can't wait for the day where like somebody's standing by the water cooler and they're like, "Have you listened to those Slash Girls lady <laughs> lately? <laughs> they're extra raunchy on Slasher." <laughs> the Slash Girls. <laughs> I want to have a live. The I want to have a live. <laughs> I want to have a live uh, a live recording one day in the future. I'm manifesting it. Mm-hmm. Um, when we have a live... Like a live you know, show? So, yeah, a live show sold okay. out, you know, somewhere. L.A. probably. <laughs> um, I want to... <laughs> I want to open the show with the Slash Girls, and I want them to come out and just like dance and like fucking shake their asses to Megan the Stallion, and just like give them a show. The Slash Girls. Body, yaddy, 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 yaddy. <laughs> oh uh, my god, I love that for us. I love and hate us all at once. <laughs> <laughs> but where can everybody find us, Stormy? To bring it full circle. <laughs> You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Podbean, Google Podcasts, a million other places anywhere you can stream. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at the same handle, at slash underscore her underscore pod. Uh, That about wraps us up for this week. We love you so much and stay spooky. Stay spooky, everybody. Bye. Bye.